from the Swiss Alps to the Canadian Rockies, celebrating unique connections between Switzerland and Canada. Brought to you by the Swiss representations in Canada. Welcome to From the Alps to the Rockies. Today we're going to get moving. We're going to be with dancer and choreographer Janice Michelot. Welcome. And thank you. Thank you for having me here. So Janice, you're currently visiting Vancouver to teach here and to do research. You arrived about two weeks ago. Exactly. What are your first impressions? Well, I love Vancouver. It's really a city of uh, of my heart. Every time I'm I'm here, I'm loving my experience. I'm loving the people and the scenery and the vibe of the city. It's really wonderful. So I'm very happy to be back here and uh, sharing my knowledge and my experience with the dance community here. Uh, first at the university and um, also for to professional dancers in the in, for the morning training, the professional training. So you're here. Um in partnership with the Simon Fraser University, their School for the Contemporary Arts. You also teach at the Training Society in Vancouver, and we from the consulate are very happy to also be a partner of your programming here. Can you tell us a little bit um, about your program in Vancouver? So what exactly do you do in terms of research and teaching? So I've been uh, starting last week uh, teaching uh, classes, technical classes at the university. So my work is uh, teaching improvisation, uh, different tech, uh, strategies for uh, improvisation or instant composition in dance. And uh, I'm teaching also ballet because I'm coming from a ballet background and I always, usually it is true, I always combine. I like to combine that teaching impro and teaching ballet because my work is really linking the two, which can be perceived as two extremes. But in my opinion, they really, they can be connected. And when we feel the connection between these two practices, it's really wonderful because it creates a bridge and it includes all the other practices in it. So um, teaching also about the conditioning. So mm -hmm. it really is a practice to... Uh, maximize the strength and work on flexibility on mobility of joints. Uh, I like to share this with younger dancers um, in order for them to have tools to prevent injuries, to understand how they can support their training um, outside of their curriculum, outside of the class, what they should do in the morning, what they should do in the cool down in the evening. So it's really giving them tools to support their busy days and to prevent, you know, any massive injuries so that they can hope for longer mm -hmm. career and healthier yeah. bodies. Absolutely. And how was your experience with the students here? Are they open to, to do all the things you make them do? Yes, they are. And they are very warm and welcoming and uh, sharing their interests, asking many questions, staying after class, being really curious and interested in the practice, in my background as well. Um, of course, also they're curious about Europe because many of them uh, never had the chance to perhaps travel to Europe and see also the dance in Europe. So they're also curious about, you know, how it feels to be a dancer in Europe, how it works, what is the dynamic of the scene. And so it's a very rich exchange. I'm enjoying a lot and I find them so generous also with their feedback and their appreciation you know like it's real and it's it feels very welcoming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wonderful 
Um, you mentioned it before, you have a bit of a background in both classical dance, but also contemporary. Could you walk us through your journey a little bit, where you started and where you are now in terms of dance? Yes, uh, to make a long story short, <laughs> I, I began dance when I was really a, a small kid, so three, four years old. I started with ballet mm -hmm. in Valais, like in Valais. Uh, from where I'm from, and then I moved to Geneva to continue my my studying in ballet technique, and then finally uh, I arrived in Zurich when I was 15 to study at what it is now uh, the TAS, uh, the Tanz Academy Zurich, and at the time it was called uh, Schweizerisches Ballettberufsschule. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, which was in partnership with the Zürcher Ballet, the company. So we would often perform with the with the company. Um, so yeah, that was my that is my experience. And then later on, I performed also with the the National Ballet of Cuba when they were in Europe touring. Mm -hmm. So that was also a very inspiring yeah. uh, moments as ballerina and enjoyed ballet very much. Yeah. Um, and I just felt at one point that the professional life within the frame of a company was not what I was first expected mm -hmm. or expecting when I was studying. Um, and I decided that I wanted to experience something else out of this dance field. So I went back to school uh, in Kordaz in the Netherlands, in Rotterdam, studied there, um, had my bachelor in performing arts there. And I began really there to to have improvisation. That was my first yeah. time, you know, going with improvisation. And the teachers that I had there in Kodats were so inspiring, so inspiring. Um, they made me really want to do that and mm -hmm. only that. Mm -hmm. So I performed in some choreographed, you know, like really set material, contemporary dance, but most of the pieces I've danced, most of the pieces I took part in were improvised, so structure, improvised work. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we need to explain this a little bit more because when we talk about improvisational dance, that doesn't mean that you just do whatever you want on stage. There no. are rules yeah. to improvisation. Maybe you can explain a little bit more what it is. Well, if you would compare with the musical world, it would be like what jazz musicians do with improvisation. So there is always like a theme. There is always a concept you are improvising on. So you're developing something specific. You're developing an idea. You're developing a concept. You're developing a narrative, even if it's abstract. But there is really a story to be to be told there. So it is interesting to to acknowledge that there are many different approaches to improvise work, um, different people work in different ways. But yeah, like most of the time you have a structure, more or less rigid, depending on who is structuring the work. And you can improvise the work, so or you instant compose as well. Mm -hmm. So there are really those two approaches. Um, yeah, and for me, I've been doing the two types. So really like you have a structure, Yep. You know where you should start, you know where you should end, you mm -hmm. know what is the narrative you should develop in your dance, mm -hmm. you know the tools, and so the meaning you work on how is that you're going to develop through your movements in relationship to time and space, like what is that, like the process of your solo or of your piece. And you practice this in the rehearsal, you research on the language, meaning the vocabulary of your dance, how, what sort of movement is appropriate 
for the concept like so it's really like you you shaping your project you working on those tools meanings like you working on the strategies of how you want develop the 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 concept behind your work and uh, then you perform it yeah an instant composition is really like similar as music would be so you're really developing around elements that are coming back again like uh, in a song like you have some certain harmony that come back you have certain words that will come back then instant composition is really to be perceived like this so there is much more repetition than perhaps in improvised work and there is like an idea of coming back and developing like if you would have a variation a b and a plus and b plus in music you know like so it gives that feeling of development Mm-hmm. And what is it that really fascinates you about improvisational dance? It's the complexity of it. Yeah. Uh, I find this intriguing, challenging, uh, motivating, like the complex uh, position you are in when you start performing also in improvisation work because you're in the instant moment and you have to... Um, choose so the choice making mm-hmm. is an important aspect because you have to choose now and right now mm-hmm. what decision is going to what what are you choosing to do what are you choosing not to do for what reasons so like is it coming from a place of uh, confidence of lack of confidence of you know over um, arrogancy or like lack of you know like Uh, courage in certain moments it it, mm-hmm. it it somehow it brings you back to yourself mm-hmm. as a human as a person as an individual and it brings you back to your own issue it brings you back to your um, strength as well and abilities so I think it's really like it makes me connect to me and myself and my development as a human uh, I get in again and I find this quite fascinating because it can also the dance can then evolve it can change with you and You can also see the long journey, you know, and from where you start and where you go. And I found it's very, very enthusiastic mm-hmm. as a practice. And Wonderful. just being there in the moment, you know, like uh, trying to be as as present as possible in the real time. And that is only improvisation can give you that feeling because when you work on the step, like when you work on choreograph, pieces you've been you know what to expect right you've been working mm-hmm. so you're on top of on top of it for sure but it's a very different way of performing and feeling the movement because you know what to expect and you know that you've been working well to for that result you know to be perfection or to be beautiful or to be whatever it needs to be but when you improvise you've been working a lot in the studio But you never know. Yeah. You know, sometimes it might happen. The magic might be there. And some performances, you go out of stage and you know you haven't been there. You haven't been yeah. present. You've been projecting. You've been mm-hmm. feeling maybe the failure of your piece. So you have been in and out of that moment for different reasons. So, yeah, it's like you work hard, but the result might not be what you expect. Yeah, and yes. that is a challenge that I like. I like yeah. very much. Yeah. That you have to create a new every time. Absolutely. Huh? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then, of course, if people now wonder what it all looks like, we're going to link some videos to your dance yeah. um, in the description of the podcast so people can have a look of what that can look like actually. Um, and the field of improvisational dance really became your area of expertise as well and your research on ethics. Yeah. Um, you're trying to set up ethical frameworks within improvisation. What does that exactly mean and what can it look like? Yeah. So I've been fascinated by like in improvisation work, most of the time, again, not always, but most of the time, you have individuals responsible for different actions and reaction on stage. So you have leaderships. So you might be the dancer deciding when it, the space needs to be shifted so, or the, the time needs to be shifted. So you might be the one deciding on, on change of tempo, you know, like running or slowing down or stopping or like I'm just giving like, example that are easier to to perceive or to understand so but then most of the time you have a leader or few leaders and um i was i was curious uh to see what if there would be um, a microcosmos on stage like a little society on stage that could decide as a collective so normal leadership but all the decisions would be be taken from within, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, from the group, yep. from the collective mind. Yep. And I think I think my Swiss nationality, of course, is a, the, one of the big reasons of yep. that research because we, I think we are a nation of collective, yep. you know, of cooperation, of understanding, of trying to be a little bit more horizontal as well yep. with, the, with the relationship we have within a certain power structure yeah, absolutely. and um, yes yeah, so I was I was fascinating like can I imagine a strategy a rule in improvisation that would allow everyone to have the feeling to be to just be horizontal yeah. and what does it mean when you want to actually create things so I've decided to look into different um, work, you know, like philosophy work and uh, sociology work and anthropologic work, like different research. And I came with a strategy and I came up with a strategy that allows everybody to follow each other. So everybody has the same feeling on stage that you following somebody else, but everybody gets that feeling. So mm -hmm. you actually don't really know who you're following because mm -hmm. everybody is following each mm -hmm. other. And we what I found was very intriguing with this is that it creates a frame that where everybody is recreative. So because one of the big pressure when you are an improviser is to be creative, right? Yeah. Because you need instantly to have the best idea, to have the idea, to be the dancer. Like there is a lot of pressure on thinking you need to be that yeah. dancer. But and for me it was sometimes really frightening. Like you go on stage and you you think like, am I gonna be able to hold on to this creativity? Yeah. Or maybe tonight I don't feel so creative, you know, yeah. because you have days with with it and days without it. And within that structure, that rules of ethic for improvisation, you don't need any more that fear, because you are recreative. That means you are transforming and you are rebounding on somebody else's creativity. So it makes you work on changing your perspective. Are you able to see what is that you see? Are you able to perceive the greatness 
of other people? The, in, are you able to feel inspired by other people, by your colleagues? Mm-hmm. And if you are practicing this, if you're practicing like, what do I love about that move? What do I love about that action? What do I appreciate about this, you know, statement? And you are able to rebound on it and transform it and metamorphose it within your own creative mind. Yeah. Then you are giving a result and you're giving a movement or you're giving an action that you feel is not entirely yours. So you don't have the responsibility as such as finding that. We have the responsibility of making it creative. And I find it was for me life changing as an experience on stage, as being in the moment with open eyes, ready to look at my colleagues and ready to be inspired instead of finding this inspiration only in myself, but finding inspiration on other people. And it also did change the relationship I would then have with my colleagues. Because when you are busy approaching the relationship with your colleagues with the only perspective of finding them inspiring, you look for that blessing right you look for that that light and that is really life it was life-changing for me so that's the ethic rule somehow it's like everybody is uh, recycling information instead of creating the new information uh, rebounding on each other's idea and um and it yeah having this ethic of of work also in the process because it makes you as an individual, much more generous, you know, Absolutely. and less afraid as well, because in improvisation, there is a lot of fear, of course, like I was mentioning before, and a lot of trust issue, therefore. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like your colleagues are only there to support your idea and to make them better, well, every idea is an idea, mm-hmm. right? Every idea is a great idea, because potentially it's going to be tra- being transformed by somebody else's brain, and just the, the true potential of your idea is going to be then, you know, taking place. And that is that is really nice. This actually your, your explanations remind me of improvisational comedy, where this happens a lot. Somebody starts a sketch, and then other people come in, and there this transition happens very clearly. They tap each other on the shoulder and say, "Now I take over," and then the story goes on with somebody else. So is that basically the same mechanism then in dance? It is. It is. Yeah. But instead of like following one each other, you are doing it at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So there is like a, a moment of, uh, yeah, I mean, you could potentially go after each other, but like in the pieces I, I did made with that strategy, you go together at the yeah. same time. And how was it trying to implement this new structure um, in dance? Was it welcomed with open arms or are there still people who are skeptical about it? I think both, but like this uh, strategy was... It took form actually in one of the pieces I made that was part of the Tanz Plan Germany uh, in 2009. And um, the concept of the piece was actually about responsibility. And therefore, I, I started with that strategy. And then I started to teach that strategy. And at the time, I feel like it was a niche, you know, like some yeah. some people would be interested in it, some people wouldn't. Yeah. And 10 years later, I think also because the generation, the new generation of dancer, they they want something else. They they don't want to they don't want a, a power like 
they don't, they don't want these power games anymore. They really want a horizontal relationship and yeah. they, they want something else. They expect something else also from the work environment and from the process and they want to be engaged differently. Uh, and now it is a big hit. So like, because I think the generation that the young dancers now, they want something like this. They want to learn about some strategies like that because they connect to the concept behind it more cooperation, more collective, more togetherness, um, less competition or competition, not in the, in that negative way, yeah. but like more like, yeah, let's, let's inspire each other. So they're much more connected to this, to the, to the essence yeah. of this strategy. So now it is much more uh, vibrant and it's actually, I'm teaching that strategy much more at universities. So really, you're really part of innovation in the area of dance and improvisation. Yeah. And um, of course, you came here to Vancouver to to share your knowledge and to teach here. Did you also find some things that are different and in Europe that you will also take back home? Yeah, I think like the generosity of the dancers, not to say that in Europe they, we're not generous as a field, but here it's very um, um, extremely welcoming. The dancers are so... Uh, appreciative of somebody from Europe coming because many of them don't have the opportunity to travel to Europe. So they have a very small window about like what is happening, what sort of dancer in Europe, what sort of work, what sort of focus of work. And that is really nice to, to, they're so enthusiastic. It's really such a motivation, you yes. know, like I really want to do the best I can because you have like happy faces and, and shiny eyes and they're wanting to learn and they're wanting to really have this exchange and they're so curious and they take notes and so it's um yeah it's wonderful it's wonderful great very a, a lot of um it's very rewarding that is wonderful to hear and you only have a few more classes to teach before you go back to to switzerland or to france where you live at the moment um so you're gonna have some more student classes and also classes with professionals and then you head back to europe and then what is next for you what are your upcoming projects so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go back to 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 europe and uh, go on with teaching so i i I teach again in, in like regularly in the same universities, which this goes on again. And, um, artistically, uh, I would like to start again a different kind of relation and, and project. And I'm, I'm really curious about developing a practice to perform in museums. So in relationship with visual art again or architectures, like I, I'm fascinated by space in general. Yeah. Like, architectures plays a big role in my inspiration and of course visual art has always been part of my project i love it and i would like now to establish some new relationship to perform in such a setup yeah that's my new my new aim my new desire exciting projects ahead then yes wonderful <laughs> well thank you so much Janice for thank visiting you. us here in Vancouver we're really really happy that this worked out and you and you were able to come here to teach and uh, thank you for taking the time for the interview as well thank you so much for having me here and thank you for making this possible thank you so much for your support mm -hmm.